Welcome to Money Talk with Tiff, a podcast where we discuss everything money from tips and tricks to current events. Follow me on my journey to become debt-free and meet other cool people along the way. I am your host, Tiffany Grant. Now let's talk money. everyone and welcome to another episode of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Today I have Brandon Miller on the line. So Brandon um, has been involved in immigration and settlement of newcomers to Canada for more than a decade. Now I'm completely interested in Canada, so I'm very excited about this episode. Um, he has operated a boutique immigration practice called Maple Immigration Services in Toronto, Canada, where he has helped countless people find their way to Canadian shores and settle in successfully to their new home. So how are you today, Brandon? I'm good, Tiff. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And thank you so much for being on. So I just want to point out really quick, we're international. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that, it. That's awesome. Like it's it's so refreshing to talk to people from different countries and get different perspectives and things like that. Um, so I just wanted to point that out because it's so like this is the highlight of my day right now. <laughs> awesome. All right. So I guess first and foremost, how easy or hard is it to move to Canada or immigrate to Canada? Oh man, what a great question out of the gates there. Um, <laughs> so um, it's it's easy if you plan for it and you fit a, if you fit a certain profile. Um, so basically, uh, part of what I do is I make sure that we have a plan and then we can implement on that plan and it's realistic. But on top of that, when I talk about the profile, Canada is looking for younger people, presumably with some skilled work experience, and that could be you know something in an administrative role, for instance, um, and somebody who has some education and some language skills. But outside of that. Um, that's pretty much what we're looking for. But we we really are putting a, a preference on people with a younger age. We want people that are young and can come and want to work and, and make a life here. That's what we're looking for. So it's easy if you fit that. Um, if not, then uh, it can be a little challenging. Um, it's very rare that I find somebody that can't make it here if they put their mind to it. But yeah. Yeah, Very so. interesting. So they so currently, um, I guess, immigration in Canada is kind of like a targeted thing right now. So we're actually offering uh, we have spots like record numbers. It's it's generational uh, numbers here that we haven't seen in, in decades. And the reason is, is because worldwide, uh, the Western world is is suffering declining birth rates. Mm -hmm. And I was talking about the preference to younger people. So to give you an example, back in the 1970s, you know, we had for every retiree, there were six workers. And then currently, I think it's three to one. And by 2035, it'll be two to one. So because we have all these really great benefits in Canada, like free health care and retirement benefits and unemployment insurance and, and all of these really great things, we have to fund that. And that's funded through taxes and it's funded through people working. So I kind of call Canada a bit of a Ponzi scheme because we got to keep <laughs> things rolling here. So we need the younger people to be able to come in and do that. So we have a preference for that. And, and it's not just Canada, but Canada is actually a country where we're really open to immigration. And we also see this as something that's that's necessary for the future of the country. On top of that, 
most a lot of countries are actually have not really clued into the fact that they're going to be competing uh, for workers and people and human capital. And by about 2055, we're going to really see uh, 2055, 2060, you're going to see a real big problem in that area um, for a lot of economies that are shrinking because of birth rates. Mm, that's a very valid point. And it's crazy you bring that up because it's like the same thing here in the U.S. as well. I remember mm-hmm. back in like, um, oh, I want to say it was like 2012, 2013. I was like, we need immigrants. <laughs> Please mm-hmm. send us mm-hmm. more people. Um, otherwise, you know, there were rumors that our uh, Social Security benefits and Medicare benefits and things like that would not have enough funding to continue continue. And yeah. so um, I think most people don't understand the importance of the workforce. Like, I mean, the workforce funds all of these government programs that we all have the ability to take advantage of. Um, and if there's nobody working, there's no taxes being taken out. And then all of those things will cease to exist. So I definitely mm-hmm. understand, you know, the plight <laughs> that, you know, not only Canada, but the U.S in a lot of other countries that have benefits for their, you know, citizens, how important that is. Now, as someone that lives in the U.S. and most of my audience is from the U.S., why should we move to Canada? Like, what's the benefits of, you know, going up north? <laughs> the biggest thing is, is there's a few different reasons. And I'll, I'll just reverberate uh, a lot of the things that I hear from a lot of my American clients. Mm-hmm. First thing is, is I always tell people like, Now, I'm coming from a place where I've lived overseas for about 15 years and I've been, you know, I've I've traveled and I've seen different places. I can tell you that the U.S. and Canada, we share a lot of similarities, both culturally, like, you know, what you're watching on Netflix in the U.S., you're watching on Netflix up here pretty much. Right. Mm -hmm. So culturally, we're, we're pretty in line. So if somebody wants to find, you know, their second home for their family, Canada is a pretty viable spot. You can get all the conveniences of home. uh, You can get uh, all of the culture that you need. And quite frankly, you're really close to home. You can hop on a hop on a plane or a car and you can be back to the States pretty easily. So that's very appealing. On top of that, though, um, there's there's some other issues. And I generally like to work with people who are very forward thinking, Mm -hmm. people who are looking at the future and saying, hmm, you know, I don't know what the world's going to look like in maybe 20 years, 30 years. And I especially don't know what it's going to look like for my kids or my grandkids. But maybe having a, you know, a safe, secure second option might might actually be a benefit to me. So people are looking at things like, and this is what I hear from my American audience. Number one, hands down, it's the healthcare. So healthcare, I remember I was speaking to a lady in Denver, probably about eight, eight, 10 months ago. And she said to me something that I was, I was just flabbergasted by. She's like, look, I'm 38. I'm going to take an early retirement soon. You know, and I've just realized that my healthcare costs are going to be about 26,000. I'm like, what? I'm like, huh? I'm like, that's a lot of money, Um, like a lot of money. So, you know, she was looking into the fact that, you know, maybe I should look at something here and have an option where I have health care, et cetera, et cetera. And even in these, you know, these COVID times, I think, you know, having access to health care and, and uh, having health security, I think, is, is something that we all are now a lot more aware of. 
So that's one of the things. Um, the other thing too, if somebody's a little bit younger and they're just starting out with school, somebody from the U.S. can come to Canada. They can go to school here, uh, get the same level of education that they could get there, and in some cases, better in certain areas. Uh, we have we have very good schools here, but they can do it a lot cheaper, and they're not going to be straddled with these crazy loans. And that's even at international student rates, along with the exchange rate here. So something that we're seeing a lot more of, um, I, I, over the last month, have processed probably five or six people from the U.S. for student visas. Um, but we're seeing definitely a lot more interest to come here at different stages. The one thing that I would point out, though, is I use that example of the person who was 38 and, and looking. I generally find that people will inquire starting in their early 30s and and. Even even closer to their late 30s, most people will 35 to 38 is generally when they they tend to start contacting me. And I think it's because, you know, they're generally looking at like, oh, I'm working, I'm settled in, I've got this. What's the future going to look like? Mm -hmm. I really wish that I could have spoken to those people 10 years ago and just given them like, hey, you know what? You can come to Canada. You can study here. You can save uh, you can save a ton of money, not put yourself in debt. And oh, by the way, you'll get a second passport. You'll have access to uh, health care. You'll have access to all of these different things. And and, oh, you can work a lot of different places in the world through the worker mobility program. So oh. basically, you're just opening up options and opportunity. So that's basically what it boils down to is options and future opportunity. Awesome. Awesome. Like you are definitely speaking to my heartstrings right now because I just opened up um, a hospital bill. Um, my husband had an allergic reaction. I had to rush him to the hospital and I opened the bill and it's like $3,000. And wow. I'm like... Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like, how are we wow. supposed to like healthcare is so, so, so expensive here. It's so expensive. Um, and then that's just the hospital bill. Then you have the doctor bill. Then you have the labs bill, you know, and, and things like that. So it piles up pretty quickly. And actually, from what I've seen in my practice, you know, with helping people with their money and budgets and things like that, a mm -hmm. lot of people have medical debt. That's what, you know, accounts for a lot of what people have on their credit reports and credit profiles. Wow. So, um, wow. yeah, it's it's a big deal here. Um, and then also um, student loan debt, huge mm -hmm. deal here. Mm -hmm. I, I still have about 50,000 left and I've already paid off probably about 30, 40,000 or so. So it's it's a big deal here. So those two things alone has sold me on Canada. Um, yeah, I, I mentioned those because I hear it a lot, like really a lot. And I what you're telling me, I, I'm aware of it, but it's just it's still like you, you, you know, I know people can't see me, but I, I'm just I'm shaking my head going, wow, like yeah. just wow, because we literally get a health card and we put it down and we go to the hospital. And then I hear sometimes the critique is, oh, well, yeah, it's free, but it's not very good. And I'm like, like, eh, wrong again. Like, there was just a survey that came out about the hospitals in Canada, and Toronto General Hospital was was rated number four worldwide oh. as to one of the best hospitals. And the the hospitals that were ahead of it were like, you know, the the Cleveland Clinic and and Mayo and and you know the ones that we all know and hear. Oh. But uh, it's nice to see that there was a there was a good showing. And then when you explore further, the, in the top fifty, the uh, there was a, a few Canadian hospitals in there. So I'm like, yeah, that doesn't wash. 
either. It's free and it's actually pretty good healthcare. And and uh, no, you don't have to die waiting for it, so to speak. You know, it's <laughs> it's there for you. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. I'm glad you brought that up because that is a common mis- misconception here. You know, I've heard that a ton. You know, yeah, you have- hear it. You hear it a lot, actually. Um, and I, yeah, I just it's not it's not true. Um, so yeah, awesome. I, well, I'm glad that you cleared that up for awesome. us um, straight from straight from the horse's mouth, so to speak, um, from a Canadian that healthcare is actually really good there. And it's not what we think it is, <laughs> like, you know, what I've heard. Yeah. So, so that's awesome. So how... <laughs> I have so many questions. Oh my gosh, because Certainly. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, this is like a, a whole consultation for me now. Um, I love it. So we have a friend, right? He has, he's a Canadian citizen and he's a U.S. citizen. You know, we want to keep a citizenship here and keep a house here and things like that. But we also want to have something there so that way we can take advantage of these benefits and things. So is that a thing or yes. how does that work? Yes, that's amazing. That's uh, that's biting the apple at both sides, um, which is great because once you get your Canadian passport, you can literally take that passport and then you can, you know, flash off for 40 years and be like, yeah, I'm going to retire in uh, just north of Toronto and and uh, on a lake somewhere, you know, no problem. So mm-hmm. once you have that, then you're good to go. The benefit of a Canadian and American citizenship is, is that you know, from a tax perspective, for instance, we have tax treaties in place with the with the respective countries. You're not going to be double taxed. You're actually going to have a you're going to have the ability to just pay the difference. Right. So um, that's that's a benefit. One of the things that I've noticed, and and I don't know if there's a lot of financial people out there that are listening and might chop me down on this, but <laughs> it's just kind of a thing that I, I've always seen is that we've had a few like downturns in the economy and whatnot. And and we all know like 2008 and different mm-hmm. things like that, right? Now, one of the things that I've noticed is, is that when something happens in the US, we feel it here in Canada, but we generally feel it a little bit later. And it's generally not to the same extent because we're not as big of an economy and, and you know, it's a little bit more conservative in banking practices and whatnot here. But a lot of people, and I know a few people that had the advantage of doing this, is when, when the economy downturns somewhere else, they have the advantage of actually, you know, shifting, uh, maybe getting a transfer in with their job or something and, and working up here and still, you know, maybe um, riding that out a little bit better. So, yeah, you can definitely ride both sides of the fence. You're not going to be like, you know, double taxed Americans and Canadians. They can have two passports and, and carry those. And there's definite advantages to that as well uh, in terms of travel and accessing worker uh, worker mobility. What I mean by worker mobility, for instance, is, is like, you know, Europe, let's as an example. So there's an agreement with Canada called the, the CETA or the Comprehensive European Trade Agreement. And what you'll know if you read trade agreements, and I read the worker provisions and the immigration provisions of them usually, uh, is that most of those have worker mobility uh, provisions. So for instance, 
I'll use NAFTA because it's contextual with the audience here, or as we call it, USMCA or Kuzma, or we, I don't think we've really figured out what the name is yet, <laughs> but there's worker mobility provisions in there. So somebody can come in, they can transfer themselves in. So for instance, I've, I've brought people in from the US, they show up at the border, they say, here's all my documentation and they're just granted a work permit right off the bat. But you have to know where those things are. So there are those provisions in place for different countries around the world and Canada has a lot of those. We have agreements down all over in South America and Asia and in Europe and uh, those those are great. And when I was speaking before about future opportunity and options, those are some things like not only for yourself, but if you think ahead, like what's the world going to look like in 20, 30 years? I, I think we can all agree that um, the world is a smaller place and that opportunities are shifting no matter where they, where they shift around the world. World, but having access to those, I think is important. And it's something that you certainly want to consider. Awesome. Awesome. Now, let me ask you a question. So let's say I was considering moving to Canada or mm-hmm. maybe not even moving, just, you know, getting a second passport. Right. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, do I have to have, cause I'm not in school or anything. Do I have to have an address there in order to apply? Not to apply. So I, I'll give you an example. I'm actually just in the final process right now of of helping somebody from New Jersey come here. And they've completed the process. They've been down in in New Jersey. They've done all the stuff from there. And then what happens is, is that now they've had a request for their passport, which basically means they take a photocopy of the passport picture page, they Mm -hmm. send it into Ottawa, and then they get a landing document. Then they just come to the border then, right? And they show up at the border and they say, hi, how are you? Oh, I want to become a permanent resident. They present the paperwork, they sign it, and then that's it. Welcome to Canada. You're now a permanent resident. And then they get a card in the mail, Mm -hmm. which is um, the permanent residence card. And yeah, that's it. You're a permanent resident. And then that's the first step. A permanent resident card is similar to a green card in the United States. So Mm -hmm. it's you're, you know, you're a permanent resident of the United States uh, or Canada if you have a permanent resident card. And then after you spend a certain amount of time in Canada, which is effectively three years, then you get your passport. Oh, interesting. So because that was exactly what I was going to ask you next. You know, how long does this process take from application to permanent resident, then from permanent resident to full citizenship? The permanent residence process generally takes now, again, take this with a grain of salt just because of uh, COVID and Mm -hmm. all the different slowdowns that we have. But it generally takes about uh eight to 10 months um, to get the permanent residency. And then after you have the permanent residency, then what's interesting, and I, I also want to highlight too, is that some people, what they can do is they can arrive, they only have to spend, if they just want to maintain the permanent residency, mm-hmm. they only have to spend two out of five years here. So they only have to be on the ground in Canada, two out of five years in, a, in, in that block of time, and that will maintain it on five-year block. Right. So if they're not ready to actually commit to being here for a longer amount of time, that's okay. Um, Because what happens is, is that you can you can then turn around and just come back and forth as long as you meet the residency requirements. Oh, nice. Awesome. So. Okay, so after you pass the permanent resident status, let's say you want to go for full citizenship. Now, what are the stipulations as far as living there? Once you become a citizen, you can come and go as you please. And and literally you can leave and and go away for 40 years if you want. 
there are no residency requirements once you become a citizen. Awesome. 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 So what I'm getting from this conversation and correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> yep. is that you put in the application, you know, you get your permanent residency card, you go up to the border, they let you in, you find somewhere to live for two out of five years, and then you can then apply for the citizenship. And then once you do that, then you can come and go as you please. You hit everything on the head, except it's for the for the PR to maintain it. It's two out of five years. But for a citizenship, um, it's three out of five years. So ah, every, okay. Yeah, that's that's the only difference there. But everything else you said was bang on. You got you, you nailed it. Awesome. That's because I'm taking notes because I awesome. might be doing I love this. It. I love it. Um, so awesome. Okay, cool. So now I just want to get into how you help people with this process, because I think that's important too. So what exactly is an immigration consultant and what role do they play in my immigration feature? Because And I'm claiming that I'm putting this out there in existence, like I am going to do this. Um, so how do immigration consultants help and what are they exactly? Wow, that's awesome. What a great question. Um, okay, so what we do is we're, we're facilitators in terms of helping you manage and get through a process. I like to think of myself as a guide. You know, I'm you're basically going down a journey to get a second passport and I'm here to help you out and make sure that, as I like to call it, I don't know if you saw Indiana Jones, but I call it the pit of snakes, right? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, don't go down there. That's a pit of snakes, <laughs> yes. right? So I'm there to keep you out of those that, that snake pit. And so what we do is, is we've been trained specifically in immigration law. I have a, I have a legal background background. And then I've gone and I've gotten this certification. Now there's only two people or two sets of people that can actually represent you for a fee. And that's uh, a lawyer who's a member of a provincial bar or an immigration consultant uh, that's a member of currently ICCRC, but soon to be the College of uh, Immigration, College of Immigration Consultants. So what's interesting about that is, is that, you know, you got a real good swath of of information. And I think this is one of the traps that people uh, don't understand is they think, oh, it's all online. It's here. It's there. Mm, Not really. It is. But piecing it together is something that that really needs to be done. And people people need to understand that their personal situation is a lot different from maybe somebody else that might share a job with them Uh uh, online that they're reading about. So they need to be careful with that. So we basically what we do is, is we'll put together a plan and then we help people execute on the plan. and, And that's what we do now. I'm going to add a different level to the uh, that, to that there for you, Tiff. Um, what I've done is uh, I've created you know a system, and I've actually I'm very proud of the fact that I'm giving people choice in their journey, where they're they can actually go and they can do it themselves with some help. Uh, where we highlight a lot of that stuff, and the reason that I've done this is is because I actually think that the legal profession is very out of step with the current situation that we find ourselves in with the availability of knowledge. And I, I continue to think it's going to be more out of step with the advent of things like, you know, AI and technology and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You know, the old system is basically, you know, some lawyer or somebody sitting there with a bunch of books behind them saying, yeah, I'm really smart. Pay me money, you know? Right. Um, 
the thing that's bothered me is, is that, yes, there are clients that require those services and they require somebody to do it for them, or they just don't want to, you know, get involved with it. And they're like, you know what, I'm doing this. Uh, this is what I do. I'm sticking in my lane. So I'm going to do that. But there's other people that are like, you know what, I can do this. I just need to know a little bit of the stuff. So I don't really need your full service. And that's what Second Passport's all about, is that it gives people the choice to design the journey that, that's available to them. And, and they're rewarded based on the, uh, you know, the amount of time and fees that they want to spend on it. So I, I'm super happy about that because it's important to give people the ability to choose. Um, and I think that that's actually lacking in my industry. I'm proud to say that I'm pretty much the first to do that. And I'm, I'm just... Yeah, it's 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 amazing. So I'm really, really happy about that. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I can definitely see a need for an immigration consultant. I had tried to help one of my friends um, that was an immigrant here. Mm -hmm. And when I say the process is so like, I mean, yes, you can do it yourself, but there's just so many, like, like you said, snake pits, there's so right. many aviats and all types yeah. of stuff where, you know, a professional that does this all day, every day <laughs> can help you avoid. So that is awesome. So Brandon, if somebody was interested in hiring you um, because they want to move to Canada like myself. Um, how would they get in contact with you? So I, I generally, uh, I, I'll give you my email. Uh, it's brandon at mysecondpassport.ca. Obviously, there's a website attached to that, which is mysecondpassport.ca. But I, you know, uh, Tiff, what I've, what I've done um, and what I'd like to do for your listeners is, is if they're interested, you know, they can email me and that's not, you know, that does go directly to me. I don't have, uh, you know, you're not tricked into some sequence or something where <laughs> right. I'm going to email you and stuff. No. I, I like, uh, I really like it when people email me and say, uh, tell me, you know, hey, I heard you, I heard you here, or I, I read this, and I'm really interested to hear uh, more. And this is why I really want to come to Canada. Like, I, I, that stuff fascinates me. So have them send me an email, Brandon at mysecondpassport.ca. And if they mention that they were on your show here, I'll send them a, I'll send them a free uh, e-copy of the book. Um, so they don't have to spend it, uh, buy it on Amazon there. So Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I'd love to we, do that. We love gifts over here at Money Talk with Tiff. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, thank, I love giving gifts. <laughs> thank you so much. And I'll have all of that information in the show notes for the listeners. Um, awesome. Is there anywhere else they can find you? Maybe like Instagram, Facebook, any social media? Yeah, Facebook. Uh, Facebook, we're pretty active on. Um, uh, I would say his thing, obviously LinkedIn and, and whatnot, but uh, yeah, you can, you can just search up my second passport and, or Brandon Miller. Uh, I know there's a few of us out there, but uh, <laughs> feel free. Yeah. Feel free or directly through the website, even my second passport.ca um, you know, that that'll there's, we're a small team. So it'll, it'll eventually make it to me. Sure. Awesome. 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 Well, thank you so much, Brandon, for giving us some insight into Canada and how we can make moving to Canada a reality in the immediate future, um, especially in the midst of everything that's going on. So I appreciate you coming on and talking about this. Of course, we've never talked about this on the podcast before. Thank um, you so much. Yes. And it was so enlightening and so much information that I'm definitely going to research after we get off. Um, so thank you so much for coming on and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you so much. 
Thank you for listening to the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. For free resources and materials, head over to moneytalkwitht.com. And while you're there, why not sign up for our newsletter so you'll never miss an episode? Talk to you soon. Thank you.